Love. Well, it's here, guys, in case you hadn't caught it yet. It's Valentine's Day. If you're just now finding out, you may be in trouble. It's that man-made holiday that's set aside for men to go into debt, professing their love for that special lady by adorning her with jewelry and flowers, balloons, candy hearts, clothes, her heart's desire, stuffed animals. Did I miss anything? All right. Dinner, dinner. Chocolate, that, yeah, candy, chocolate, but dinner, all those things. Do you know what I think? I think we've forgotten what love is. I've noticed this year, everything is supersized for Valentine's Day. It's like we're going to McDonald's for Valentine's now. Everything is huge. Have you noticed this? The teddy bears, they're like this tall and their heads are this big. And they're up there on the shelf and they go to like three on a shelf because they're so ginormous. I got an email the other day. Send her 24 beautiful red roses. 24. What happened to the good old days when you were broke and you went out and, and handpicked some, some wildflowers and it was all that her heart's desire? Oh, she loved those things. Those little wildflowers, they were beautiful. You remember those days? Some of you don't because you're not married yet. Some of you have been married for a few years can say, oh, I remember those days. You'd pick those wildflowers, redneck roses, that's what they're called. <laughs> Prettiest thing she'd ever seen. Yeah. Have you seen the Valentine's cards? Walmart, no lie, because I won't lie to you on purpose. Walmart has these Valentine's cards. When you open it up, it's like the size of a poster board. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? How much love do you need to say? It's, it doesn't change. Now, the funny thing is that, that those big cards are actually cheaper than the little regular size cards. So maybe there's some bigger is better. I don't know. Maybe not. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you will, to John chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 4. and We're going to rediscover what love is. This morning, I want to share with you one of the secrets of love. And in doing so, my prayer is that you will come to understand bigger is not necessarily better. Again, we're in John chapter 13, starting with verse 4. So he, Jesus, got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, do you, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. He's all in, folks. Jesus said, no. Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. They were actually having dinner. He returned to his place and he said, Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. You see, in Jesus' demonstration here, 
There's no room for a vague understanding of what love means. There's no room for a commercialized love here. There's no room for giant teddy bear love here. This is Jesus showing them that love is an action. That love is, it requires an action. That action is serving others. In the beginning of this chapter, and I hope you'll go back and read it this week during your family worship time, in the beginning of John uh, chapter, whatever chapter we're on, three. Yeah, that's right. John chapter 13. I knew there was a three in there. The beginning of John chapter 13, it's noted that Jesus says he loved his own who were in the world to the end. All their faults, everything about them, he loved them to the end. And in these next verses, it's demonstrated to them in practical terms what that love means. And by showing them, if we're, if we're to understand the secret of love, that we're supposed to love others. We're supposed to obey the commandment of our Lord. We are meant to show that love by serving one another. We must lay down the garments of our own pride. We must set aside our own comforts. We must pick up the towel of humility, if you will. We must pick up the towel of service, looking for opportunities to answer the call of our Lord, to love one another is to serve. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we open up your word today, as we look for a better understanding of love, as we look uh, maybe for a redefinition of love, as we discover that definition in your word, I pray that we will apply it to our lives. I pray that we will, we will go from here with action according to what we learn, that we'll respond to the examples of love you show us in your word. In your son's name we pray, amen. So my question is, are you loving others? Are you serving others? Are you laying down those socio-spiritual status things that we think we deserve? Are you accepting, are you willing to accept a place beneath what you think you've earned? Are you serving? Are you loving? Are you, are you even looking for opportunities to serve or love or to promote others and their well-being above yourself? Are you looking for opportunities to, to maybe assist someone else in their dream, in their program, in their agenda, in their need? Are you putting yourself in a place to be helping others and no longer just helping yourself? Are you serving? Are you loving? Brace yourselves, because in case you missed it, the secret of love is serving. John 15, verses 12 through 14 says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Verse 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Laying down our lives for a friend... What does that even mean? I know when we read this passage, when we hear this passage, it, it brings up those images of, you know, throwing yourself in front of a bullet. No! I will save you! Pushing somebody out of the way of a speeding car. Heroics. Swooping in. Saving the day. That's what we think about. I don't think these were necessarily the images that Jesus intended when he called us to love. I want to challenge you a little bit today. I'm going to make you uncomfortable. I want you to think about this in a whole new light, if you will. Think about it this way for a second. Perhaps laying down our lives for a friend means listening. Gasp. I mean, really listening to others, even when it's not convenient for you. Maybe, 
what if laying down your life for someone means helping someone out who doesn't even say thank you when you're done? Don't you hate it when that happens? You're walking away going, you could have said thanks. It's okay. Sometimes people don't seem to appreciate it when we do something for them. Maybe it means turning off a ball game to have a tea party with your kids. Even though it's not real tea and the cookies are little wooden blocks. Maybe it means giving up your favorite chili burger to stay healthier for your spouse's sake, for your future health. I actually did just see some people get elbowed. <laughs> Glad I'm not sitting out there with you guys. I'll get my elbow later, don't worry. Maybe it's the time and the money you spend taking those trips across country so that you can show your high school or the colleges they want to look at, the ones they think they want to go to. You know, I think for us, though, it's easier to consider that moment of nobility, throwing yourself in, in front of a bullet or, or pushing somebody out from in front of a car. It's easier for us to picture that than it is to picture laying down our lives for one another every day in small ways. My point is this. If you aren't willing to lay down the pridefulness of your life in little ways every day, will we really be prepared to sacrifice ourselves for others' needs in bigger ways? Several years ago, uh, my best friend Kevin, he was serving in the Air Force, and he was in a Humvee accident, serving our country. It left him messed up, left him with messed up knees, messed up ankles, a messed up wrist, and a a TBI, which is a, a traumatic brain injury. But you know, when my mother passed away a few years ago, he made the trip from Georgia to Florida with his family to be there beside Mitzi and Dylan and I. At the same time frame, my mother's funeral and all that, as we were beginning to make funeral preparations, my almost friend, Michael Sykes. um, Now, there's a reason he's my almost friend, okay? We read this verse together, he and I, years ago when we first met studying some scripture. He's a pastor. We read the scripture and and he decided, we're not going to die for one another like that. We're not not taking a bullet for you. All right. And so from that moment on, he and I have always said, it's my almost friend. And and the joke now is you're my best almost friend. We're just so close to being friends. But I'm still not taking a bullet for that guy. I might for some of you, but not him. Okay. My, my, My almost friend, Michael Sykes, drives from Decatur, Alabama to Florida with his son just to pick up Dylan and take him to downtown Disney so Mitzi and I could deal with some of the things that had come up that were unexpected with my mom's arrangements and stuff that was going on down there. So why do I bring these guys up? My best friend, my almost friend. Because the way I see it, we can only die for a friend once. But we can lay down our lives for someone every day. That's what those guys did. It's not comfortable for Kevin to drive six or seven hours in a car. It's not easy for Michael Sykes to go, hey, I'm going to drive to Florida just to drive back to Orlando, buy your son some Legos at the Lego shop, to drive back to Florida, to then drive back to Orlando because I have to preach on the weekend. We can only die once, but we can lay down our lives every day for someone. The secret of love is serving. By laying down our lives, laying down our preferences, for others every day. Kevin and Sykes, they get it. How amazing will our world be if all of us Christians got it? 
Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you, John 15, 12. How can I love like that? I know we're supposed to love. It's what you say, love each other, but it, sometimes we say, well, I don't like you very much, but I have to love you. That doesn't go with this either. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Jesus has never once said, I don't like you very much, but I love you. There's no, no separation there. It's love and it's deep and it's true and, and it's, it comes with action. How am I supposed to love this way, Lord? Well, we can love this way because we have an example in how Jesus loved this way. He gave up the comfort. He gave up the joy. He gave up the adoration of heaven to come down here, to be with broken people, to become dirtied by the soil of the earth and the sin of humanity. He came and he suffered agony. He suffered unjust pain. He faced Calvary by himself. All of his friends turned away. He did this for the love of you and me. And we see this example. When we remember this example every Sunday as we take communion, we should be encouraged to bear the same pain that broken people inflict on us. Sometimes we're too self-righteous for our own good. Well, I don't deserve that kind of treatment. Well, neither did Jesus. And I like him more than I like you guys. When people's remarks stab us in the back, when their rejection is cruel, when we do something out of love only so somebody can scorn us or say something bad about us, we need to see Jesus. With him as our example, we are encouraged to continue to love and to keep on giving even in the face of pain and rejection. He says he tells us to love our enemies. Are you kidding? Love our enemies. If he did this for us, can we not do it for others? There's a pediatrician named David Cercara. He shares a story of how a little girl showed his church the honor of serving God, how she understood that love is serving He writes this story. He says, One Sunday, my wife had prepared a lesson on serving and being useful. She taught the little children that everyone can be useful. She taught them that usefulness and love is serving God and serving others and that doing so is worthy of honor. The kids quietly soaked up my wife's words and as the lesson ended, there was a short moment of silence and a little girl named Sarah spoke up. Teacher? Yes, Sarah. What can I do? I don't know how to do very many useful things. Not really anticipating that kind of response. He says, my wife quickly looked around and spotted an empty flower vase on a windowsill. And she said, well, you know, Sarah, you can bring in a flower and put it in the vase. That'd be a useful thing. Sarah frowned. But that's not important. It's just a flower. He said, my wife said, it is important if you're helping someone. He said, sure enough, the next Sunday, Sarah brought in a dandelion. Nature's rose. (laughs) You do know a dandelion is really just a weed that blooms, right? She brings in a dandelion. She puts it in the vase in the classroom. And in fact, he tells the story that she continued to do this 
Every chance she got, without reminders, without her mom and dad saying, hey, don't forget your flower. It was completely on her own. She made sure the vase was filled with a bright yellow flower Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. He said, my wife was moved by this and she she shared with our pastor about Sarah's faithfulness in bringing the dandelions in every Sunday. And one Sunday, he placed the vase upstairs in the main sanctuary next to the pulpit. That Sunday, he gave a sermon on the honor of serving others. And he used Sarah's vase as an example. How something so small could, was an act of service. How it, could, how it brought honor to God because he was faithful to that task. That what, what seemed like a weed was really a, a flower of love, a gift of love from a little girl to God. He shared that with him using Sarah's vase. Obviously, the congregation was touched by the message, and that week started on a good note. During the week, though, the pediatrician says he got a call from Sarah's mother. She was worried, said Sarah seemed to have less energy than she usually does, that she didn't seem to have much of an appetite, and so he offered her some reassurances, and he made room in their schedule to see her the next day. After Sarah had a battery of tests and days of examinations, he said he sat numbly in his office, with all of the results of Sarah's paperwork on his lap. And they were tragic. Sarah had leukemia. On the way home, he says, I stopped to see Sarah's parents so I could personally give them the sad news. The news was that Sarah's genetics and the leukemia that was attacking her little body was so such a horrible mix. Yes, I sat in her kitchen and did the very best to explain to Sarah's parents that nothing could be done to save her life. He said, I don't think I ever had a more difficult conversation than that night. Time pressed on and Sarah became confined to bed to the visits of people coming to see her. She lost most of her weight. She lost her smile. The leukemia just ate away at her. He said, and then it came another telephone call. Sarah's mother asked me to come see her. He said, I dropped everything and drove over to the house, and there she was, a small bundle that barely moved. He said, after a short examination, I knew that Sarah would soon be leaving this world. I urged her parents to spend as much time with her as possible. That was Friday afternoon. He said, on Sunday morning, church started, as usual. The singing, the offering, the communion, the sermon. He said, it all seemed meaningless as he thought about Sarah. He said, I just felt enveloped in sadness. What was the point? And as the preacher came to the end of his sermon, he suddenly stopped speaking. His eyes wide, he stared at the back of the room. Just utter amazement. Everyone turned to see what he was looking at, and there was Sarah. Her parents had brought her to church one last time. She was bundled in a blanket. She had a dandelion in one little hand. She didn't sit down on the back row. She walked up front where her vase was, slowly put the flower in it. And then she laid down a note, a little piece of paper beside it, and she went back to her parents. Obviously, seeing little Sarah do this act of love for the last time moved everyone in the congregation.
After the service, people gathered around Sarah and her parents, offering as much love and support as they possibly could. The doctor says, I could hardly bear to watch. And then four days later, Sarah died. He said, at the funeral, he said, I wasn't expecting it, but our pastor asked to see me afterwards. And so we stood at the cemetery near our cars as people walked past. In a low voice, he said, Dave, I've got something for you. He pulled out a piece of paper from his pocket. It was the paper that Sarah had left next to the vase. He said, you better keep this. It may help you in your line of work. He said, I opened the paper and in pink crayon, I read what Sarah had written. Dear God, this vase has been the biggest honor of my life. Love, Sarah. I read that story, and I'm, I'm a helpless romantic, I'm sappy, but I read that story and I thought, you know, Sarah's story about a vase and a note and a, a weed helped me to understand the secret of love is serving. It's not how big the act of service is, but the secret of love is serving. One small act at a time. And I realize in a new way, life is an opportunity to love God, to show our love for God by serving the people around us. And as Sarah put it, that should be the biggest honor of all. Sarah got it. She grasped the concept that love is serving. It was just a simple flower. It was a weed that bloomed. Truth be told, it was so much more than that. As you think about that, as you think about those things, as you think about Jesus saying to us, love one another as I have loved you. Understand, serving others doesn't have to be in grand gestures. As you think of Jesus removing his outer garments to serve his disciples and to wash their feet, he knew then that Judas was going to betray him and he washed his feet. Are you ready to lay down the garments of your own pride and your own comfort? Are you ready to pick up the towel of humility and service? Are you ready to begin looking for opportunities to answer the call of our Lord? Are you ready to love one another? Are you ready to serve? Are you ready and willing to lay down your life for someone every day? That's one of the secrets of love. Serving others by laying down our lives for them every day. Are you ready to be like Sarah? She counted the simple act of service by putting a flower in a vase every Sunday as her biggest honor. How will you honor God with your life this week? Will you be selfish? Or will you choose to live out the secret of love and serve those around you? As we come to our response time this morning, you can respond in several ways. You can ignore what you've heard from God's Word today. Or you can act on it. Maybe your action this morning is to confess that Jesus is Lord of your life and to submit to Him through baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe your response action this morning is one of repentance and rededication. Maybe you want to serve 
or you need some direction in serving and in honoring God with your life, you're just not sure where to start, the elders are here. They'd love to go and pray with you. Whatever your response is this morning, will you stand and sing with us and respond to God's word today? (laughs) It's been great to be here with you all this morning and to worship with you, but now it's time to go. I didn't didn't mean right this second. It's okay. They're on a mission. As you go this Valentine's morning, I've shared with you that one of the secrets of love is to serve. And we wanted to serve you a little reminder of this secret. So they're picking up a few things. Uh, What we have for you all is something I hope you will enjoy. We made some, we, someone made very amazing cookies. And they're heart-shaped because we want you to know we love you. As you go this morning, our young adults are going to be handing out homemade dessert heart-shaped cookies. You can't buy these anywhere, not even at Walmart, okay? (laughs) Even if you're dieting or you think you can't have one, take it anyways. Pass it on to someone else, okay? Give give it to one of the elders. (laughs) They're never dieting. It's okay. Take one. Pass it on to someone else. Or you can eat it and enjoy it. But remember, you're not alone. Remember, we love you. And Jesus said, love each other as I have loved you. As you go this morning, don't get caught up in the bigger is better mentality of our world. Be like Sarah. Allow your smallest act of service to be the biggest honor for God in your life. Will you sing this last song with us?